0: Of the reason why oh, I need yeah, yeah. to wait is cause uh in about eight minutes and fifty five seconds in real time, we're gonna find out live on the show if I have COVID. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh
1: my I, gosh.
0: I, I, I took a test yesterday and it came back negative. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I don't know what's going on. My my throat hurts, I have a cough, I'm very tired. Um, which all which are all symptoms of this new of this new um strain contagion whatever you know which one are
1: which one are you talking about because i just saw yesterday there's even a new new one
0: oh god uh i i think i'm talking about ba5
1: yeah see that's the one i'm i'm pretty confident that ran through my family because that was uh, everybody had the headache well not everybody had the headache sarah had the headache and i've heard that from a lot of people who had this recent one and i was just lethargic and and had a low grade fever and yeah um, lethargy was like the main symptom though but I saw yesterday, they were like, what you need to know about BA 4.6. And no, I was like, are they releasing patches for previous <laughs> versions of the
0: 4.6? What? Yeah, did, how does how does 4.6 come after 5?
1: <sighs> I don't we're, know. They, they don't learned know.
0: nothing from calling generations by letters starting at X.
1: Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> <Like, laughs> where do you go from Z? You fucking don't. What are yeah. you going to do? A-2?
1: We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> a.2 point two, yeah, A two, B two, yeah. I I thought that was very weird, and and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because five is just the dominant variant, and it's super contagious. But that doesn't mean there's not a ton of variants out there. We might have gotten BA two, or and, and that's a weird thing too. Like, when did we stop doing the Greek alphabet? It was like, oh yeah, Alpha, Omicron, uh, Delta, and and now we're on numbers. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't (laughs) know. Like it's just another yet another confusing public health messaging.
0: There's (laughs) there's there's absolutely no consistency. The the public health (laughs) campaign, the public uh, campaign as to like what is going on, has completely disappeared.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true.
0: There's no public information available anymore. uh, For for those of our international listeners uh, listening to us, just know the United (laughs) States is on fire, baby.
1: Yeah. In more ways than one, it's all it's all burning down on every everywhere you turn. There's nowhere to look, but yeah. this is just one of the many ways.
0: Yeah. I, I, I should I should clarify though for for anyone who d- does not know this, Tim and I do not record in the same location. So I am I am shouting at my open laptop right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
0: It's a show about one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time.
1: I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell, and today we will be talking about season three episode one chet's shirt that's right we are back from our season break uh we took a little break in between season two and three uh not a year like curb does but um (laughs) we uh, before that what's the deal with stuff from our last episode the massage uh we had absolutely no homework and i found absolutely no trivia and tidbits about the episode so (laughs) let's just consult the book (laughs) By the way, it does start with it, in the book, there's usually like a giant quote from the episode, and here's the one they chose for this episode. My mother did throw me against a brick wall when I was an infant. I didn't get hurt at all. I mentioned it to her a couple of times. She said I was a little brick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's <the> one. <laughs> I know. Uh, so in this episode, in the scene when the masseuse is finishing Larry off, he cries out, pots, pots, which is stop, spelled backwards, which I did notice, and I should have mentioned because it was an element of the episode that I hated, but I didn't. But there it is. Some (laughs) trivia if you didn't pick up on it. Uh, This week, uh, the week this episode was going to air, Larry David found out that another HBO show, Mind of the Married Man, had a hand job from the masseuse storyline planned to air the same night. Instead of trying to rewrite the show, David addressed the issue by having Mind star Mike Binder appear in a scene in which the dirty massage is discussed. So that's why it wasn't as I uh, was hypothesizing, blatant HBO cross-promotion, it was Larry David trying to, you know, cover his ass, making it look like he wasn't copying somebody that was, like, too much hand- too many hand jobs in one night, you know? <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Even that he heard about the other show's production schedule that far in advance, you know? I know they don't... I, I know that it doesn't take much to film a scene of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's not like Game of Thrones or anything, but still, like, the fact that he was able to put that scene in there yeah, Cause, and, and yeah,
0: because, you know, someone's uh so- someone's raunchy dad would have said, oh, what does HBO stand for these days? Handjob broadcasting <laughs> office.
1: Yeah. Oh, so Tim, that's all right. I don't mean oh, to I don't go. mean
0: to pause you, but we yes. have reached zero minutes and zero seconds on the countdown. All right. All right. I'm taking my headphones off. I am walking over to the bathroom to look at my test. I'm Let's nervous. go See. All right, I am back and I am negative, baby. Yay! But now I'm just fucking confused as to what is going on with my body.
1: <laughs> you just got, you just got something. Just I, I just have, thing.
0: I just got a bug. You know, yeah, I I, yeah. I just have some. I don't know. I I think it's like a mix of. It's got to be a mix of like allergies. And maybe uh, I, I did a wrestling show on Friday night mm. as opposed to last night, so maybe lingering throat effects of that yeah i don't know dude but i slept for like 13 hours last night grace and i went to houston Damn. and i came we came back i i sat down on the couch and i was like i'm so tired i'm gonna lay down a little bit it was like eight thirty. i fell asleep <laughs> until 12 <laughs> oh she, my was, God. she was already in bed and then yeah. i came up to bed uh and, and slept immediately i was so tired i was like falling over dude like Oh I'm falling, gosh. like, into my dresser. and She's like, are you going to brush your teeth? I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm so tired, <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep if I do. So I I immediately yeah. went to bed, woke, uh, and slept until 8. Oh, my gosh. So what, like 12 hours-ish, 11 and a half?
1: <laughs> so the only last thing I have from this episode is Larry David heard Judge Katz's radio show in the car one day and called him to see if he would play the judge in this episode. So I guess it's this guy, Burton Katz. That's who played Judge Katz. And... I googled him because I was like oh well if he had a radio show in LA he probably was a pretty famous guy but no I think he just wrote uh one book called justice overruled unmasking the criminal justice system a veteran insider with experience in every aspect of the law judge Burton Katz knows that our criminal justice system is broken in this blockbuster book he reveals how bad our courts have become and why they must be fixed now and this book has <laughs> I know it sounds like like kind of before it's time like everyone kind of agrees at this point, that you know, the justice system is kind of fucked up. Um, but this has one and a half stars on Amazon.
0: Oh my god, okay.
1: Yeah, and it came out in 1998. I believe Judge Katz has since passed away. Everyone's calling him an unfit judge. These are reviews from this year. Avoid this book at all costs. The author, the author, do not have a hint of what justice means. All of these reviews were written <laughs> by David Pootier, by the way oh my god <laughs> a biased incompetent and unethical judge broke laws and oaths it is unfortunate that he remained on the bench letting a mur- i guess he letting a murderer free after only 2.5 years is not justice instead Katz should write a book about how he manipulated the jury and how dark his heart is wow so evidently there's a lot to this guy <laughs> that, I- that i can't really delve into right now but if it's interesting enough maybe i'll bring it back in the next episode but what were they thinking from the What They Were Thinking section, Tom Booker, who played the limo driver, said, I remember calling Larry an asshole during the middle of a fight and then being told that calling him an asshole never really works. <laughs> I guess by the director or something. Like, you just have to be more creative when you're insulting Larry David because he knows he's an asshole, I guess. So there we go. That's it. The, the only other section is something from the late Judge Katz and Larry David. Uh, when Larry, in the Larry in action section, Larry is sentenced to wear a sandwich board that says, I steal forks. From restaurants and he offers to work in temple on saturday mornings saying it can be quite grueling as you know uh, again playing up the jewish angle but uh, that is it please be seated i was I, I forgot to ask everyone to stand so hopefully everyone <laughs> remembers at this point now it's like hearing the national anthem or whatever it's just instinctive yeah i hope
0: all right well if you have never listened to this show before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 24 minutes being uh primarily bullshit Uh, We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I have never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Uh, while supplies last, just get your uh, mailing address to us somehow, uh, some private message, wherever. You don't have to plaster your address out on
1: on the internet for us to send you a sticker. That reminds me, my brother has started, or I guess restarted, binging the podcast. And I believe he's watching Curb and Seinfeld simultaneously and listening to the corresponding (laughs) podcast which is totally legal i mean you can you can definitely i mean they're they're two separate shows you can watch more than one show at a time Um, so mad respect and and uh, welcome back uh mike when you finally get to season three of curb um but he wants a sticker he said he'll put it on his truck okay yeah and i i don't have them but yeah it
0: is it is totally legal and 100 percent unproblematic (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, watch as many shows that we talk about as you want.
0: <laughs> you should uh, you should get him on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, or get him either my mom or my dad's password. Yes, I should I should crack down on my on my family password sharing. You better not be using mom's password for Patreon. <laughs> Look, every
0: person in the family has to be a member on the Patreon if they want access to it. Yeah. Even mom she she's still paying us money for a team that doesn't exist. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to thank my mom and dad for giving me their Netflix password, and I want to thank my sister for giving me her HBO Max password. Oh, Jesus but Christ! If she wants Patreon, damn it, you better, you better get your own password.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, I-, I haven't sent out stickers in a while. I, I- I'm gonna get on- I'm gonna get back on that. I, I promise at some point. But, I'll get you uh, his
1: address for whenever you do. Okay, perfect, perfect.
0: Um, but if you like us uh, a little bit more and you want to spend some money on us, uh, that money goes directly to us, uh, with a little bit going to Patreon, unfortunately. But it, it it's the most direct way to support us. Patreon.com/slash/nohugging. Where for five bucks a month you get early access of every single episode. Uh, except for those two times, you get bonus content from every episode most of the time. Uh, I, I Actually, no. I shouldn't even say most of the time. It's just uh, the length of the bonus content um, varies. It could be anywhere from, like, two minutes to, to 20 minutes, you know? It just depends on how much on our shit we are. <laughs> Patreon.com slash nohugging. In addition to that, we send out exclusive movie reviews uh, once or twice a month, and uh, we have a lot of fun with those. Uh, the most recent one was... <laughs> A certified piece of shit. The prophecy with uh, with Chris Walken, as uh, as Tim
1: kept calling yeah. it. Yeah, and that was a suggestion, and we love doing suggestions because, A, we don't have to think about anything to do. And, uh, but, B, I, I hope, you know, as, as we were trashing that movie, I was like, I hope, um, he called it cheesy, bad 90s fun or whatever it was, so I hope, don't take it personal if we hate your movie. In fact, give us movies that you don't like that have Seinfeld people in them. Cause those usually make pretty good Patreons, but they're, they're good. Whether we love the movie or, or dislike the movie actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's very true. I, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy the time and I enjoy the act of like doing the show. Uh, and that <laughs> most of the time, that's what gets me through watching a bad movie is because I, I know I'm going to have a lot of fun talking about it with, with you.
1: Yeah. Someone's going to hear my complaints. Won't just go into the ether. <laughs> At least a, a handful of people will hear them. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Uh, okay, so yeah, that is Patreon.com/slash No Hugging. All that being said, Season Three, Episode One, Chet's Shirt. Original air date September fifteenth, two thousand and two. We are uh, we are under twenty years remaining from, wow. from real time now. If you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see in the season three premiere, Larry and Jeff invest in a restaurant with Ted Danson.
1: Hmm. I mean, it does happen. Yeah. It's, a, it's an
0: interesting description.
1: I can't decide whether I like it or not. We'll have to tackle it at the end, as usual. So we open with Jeff and Larry walking in a neighborhood. Jeff is says he's giving up red meat. That's how we enter this episode, and it's for no reason. And I agree with Larry in this instance that why give it up if it's for no reason? <laughs> Do you, it, like, you think you need a reason? Yeah, I think if you're gonna give it up, if you're gonna if you're gonna give up anything you've been doing, there should be a reason. Like you know, like for my health, Jeff should just say, oh, you know, for my health, I you know, cutting back on red meat is good for your health. Or, but here's the thing: like at that the, point, yeah. would
0: Larry accept that excuse? Would Larry accept that reason?
1: <laughs> I would hope so. Probably you can't not. Just, you can't just do it for no reason. Like I, I, I stopped <laughs> doing that for no reason. Like you just, it, it must have, it must have been uh, prompted by something. I, I also refused to accept, and I would get just as angry as, as Larry did. Because look at Jeff. He loves red meat. Look at that guy. That's, that's a walking steak, for crying out loud. So Jeff asks Larry if he's going to invest in this restaurant with him, and Ted Danson is in, and Michael York, and Larry should get in on it. Uh, it, it meanwhile, Larry throws his apple core in... Or, you know what? I'm thinking, I should have gone back to look. Was this a pear? It might have been a pear, now that I'm thinking about it.
0: I don't know. I thought it was an apple.
1: I thought it was an apple too, but judging by the rest of the episode, um, I don't know. I'd I'd love to know. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that down. I'm gonna put that down. Larry eating pear in beginning of app. I'm writing more because I'm like I would look look at that later and go, what the fuck was I talking about? Larry eating pear (laughs) question mark? So a guy yells at Larry for throwing some sort of core into his garbage can and larry's like what's the deal what's the difference it's garbage again i'm on larry's side people who get upset about other people throwing stuff in their trash cans that are out by the curb or whatever what is your deal i never understood why people got mad at that i don't care i'm not going in there and like it's just my garbage touches that garbage it does it's all garbage i agree with larry 100% where are you on yeah, this
0: yeah yeah so what like yeah. it's it's garbage i mean the only thing i could be upset about or get upset about is um There's a chance, because in our neighborhood, they have the garbage trucks that lift your can up, shake the bags out, Mm -hmm. and then sit your can back down, all within like 10 seconds, right? Well, this past week, uh, there was a couple of loose poop bags in our can, and because they weren't in a bigger garbage bag, they were Uh. just in their own bag, they didn't weigh enough to fall out of the can (sighs) in time. So they ended up splatting right down in front of my mailbox. Uh. Thankfully, nothing broke out of the bags, oh, So good. I was able to pick them up and put them into the uh, the larger poop bag that we have in our outside trash can.
1: Yeah, so hopefully they'll... Yeah, I mean, the, the dog poop is the one main thing that, you know, you're walking through the neighborhood, you picked up some poop, the trash cans are out, you throw them in. I wouldn't even get upset at that. You know, I... Yeah. I'd... yeah. But like, that, uh, that's I, the one thing that these these kind of people get the most upset about. What? Can't dog poop in my trash bag. <laughs> but he says, the next guy that puts something in his trash can, he's going to kick his ass. And Larry's like, All right, I'll tell the next guy then, <laughs> which was great. So Larry is picking Cheryl up. He's meeting Cheryl at Barbara's house, and Chet was her husband. The titular Chet was her husband who passed away four months ago. The Davids want this picture that she was supposed to be framing a month before Chet even died. And now it's been like sitting at her house for like four months. And so Cheryl's just been kind of like wrapped up with Barbara in, you know, it seems like talking about Chet and looking at pictures and stuff like that hasn't even brought up. I guess that she was there initially for the picture frame and Larry spots Chet in a shirt that he really likes in this picture and he won't stop badgering Barbara about where he got it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's pretty obvious she, she, you know, she's very broken up still about her husband's death and doesn't want to talk about where he got this shirt. Uh but she does finally remember Caruso's on Wilshire. The Davids ask about the frame. Cheryl asks if the frame is ready and she says it's not ready cuz you know it's uh, and and Larry is is less sympathetic than than Cheryl as usual, saying, you know, that it's it's been 5 months. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, god forbid you pass away and Cheryl has to deal with this and and Larry jokes that I think she'd be dancing in the Trevi Fountains in Rome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But as Barbara says, I am not ready to have a sense of humor about this. (laughs) But Larry's ready to have a sense of humor about everything. So over at the restaurant that Jeff and Ted Danson and Michael York are investing in, we find out as Larry and Jeff are are walking outside, it's going to be called Bobo's, which I think is an instant failure. Just spells instant failure for any restaurant. (laughs) It's already difficult to open a new restaurant. It's got to be 10 times harder to do it in LA and if you name it Bobo's you just screwed yourself you just Why? really Why made is it... that I think it's the I think it's a shitty name <laughs> I just think it's the worst. <laughs> I would never I wouldn't I don't care how nice it is. I wouldn't go to a restaurant called Bobo's. Bobo okay. to me is like it's cheap it like literally it, it sounds like a monkey it sounds like a monkey's name first of all Bobo the monkey um, and it is used to describe things that are trashy in my opinion. Like I had, mm, I had right. a, um, uh, uh, I had a friend who called those like he would refer. And maybe it's just, maybe it's just purely anecdotal on my end, but he would use bobo in that way. And so maybe that's why I've always associated it with it. But it does have a circus quality to it. A circus isn't any place you want to eat food. If something was was ugly or, or trashy, or whatever he would call it, bobo. The little, um, the jugs of colored juice, the plastic jugs, you know, he called those bobo juice. Um, <laughs> okay. I've yeah. never
0: heard this before. I've never heard uh, something like, I don't know, dingy described as Bobo.
1: Yeah. And you know what? He didn't even make up Bobo Juice because I was like, I Googled it. And there's, first of all, a rap song by someone named Double J called Bobo Juice. Hell yeah. <laughs> and also, a bunch of pictures come up of like bottled, packaged bottled juice. So, right. oh, And actually, so- it's literally called Bobo. <laughs> so literally, there's a company called Bobo that makes... Juice now. But that's what he called those little plastic barrels that cost like a dollar for 20. Um, so, But you you think the name is good for a restaurant? I mean, it's not that
0: I think it's good. I just don't objectively think it's bad.
1: <laughs> I hate it immediately. Larry likes it. He's like, that's a good name. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Larry is in Chet's shirt. He, he found it. He went to Caruso's on Wilshire and bought the shirt. And Ted Danson is there. He likes Larry's shirt. And he mentions that his daughter's birthday is uh, in a weekend or something like that you know in a week or two or whatever and they're doing it's a Wizard of Oz theme and so he asks if Jeff will be the lion but Larry wants to do it the lion because he says he does a great lion and so Ted sort of relents and says, all right let him do the lion uh, instead of the Tin Man because Larry doesn't want to do the Tin Man and Cheryl can be Dorothy and then Larry meets the rest of the crew that is investing in this restaurant including Michael York who I'm sure, I'll lump us together in this instance, Ted, because I'm sure that you and I m- both know Michael York as Basil Exposition from Austin Powers.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. I
1: I wasn't sure how I knew
0: him. But, yeah, now that
1: you mention it, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, which I always thought was a funny name. I like that, that his name was literally <laughs> Exposition. and um, So I thought, uh, well played by Mike Myers on that. But, yeah, so uh, Michael York, also known, I think, for – Logan's Run he's in Logan's Run the old 80s sci-fi flick and a ton of other stuff um I don't think we need to do a dive on him he's uh he's been around we know where we recognize him from uh they got the manager of a place called Gus's and they also got Teresa Nakamura who I guess must be the twin sister of Susie Nakamura the production designer who designed the stage for Larry David colon Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, she's the HBO production designer from that meeting where they they show the caricature in the in the initial pilot special. And Larry likes everything except he just wants a curtain, no caricature, but they make it anyway. Yeah, same actress, same actress. So, But she's actually playing, she's got the same last name, but playing Teresa Nakamura. So that's my headcanon. Larry is, even though he's not an official investor yet, he's throwing out rules that he wants the restaurant to follow like he is anti-kebab wants no kebabs and he wants a way to get waiter's attention because that's always hard in a restaurant like how about bells at all the tables jesus christ (laughs) i can't imagine going to a restaurant
0: and there's just nine or ten bells constantly
1: (laughs) dinging yeah in different tones like dissonant tones like a dissonant constant ringing um the restaurant's called tinnitus that's all. You go in and it's it's what it's like. Um, he he mentions the uniforms. What are the uniforms going to be? And he asks if he can pick out the uniforms. And they kind of you know give him a shot at doing that. And Jeff will well, go shopping with him. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and to be fair, the uniforms they had picked out, they they wanted like like classy or something. They're just super boring. Uh, super boring. They're like, oh yeah, white shirt, black slacks. We're like, okay, Standard. okay. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. You're uh, really. Really sticking out with this new restaurant, aren't you?
1: breaking new ground.
0: Yeah, really breaking some new untreaded (laughs) ground, aren't you?
1: Yeah, typical fancy restaurant waiter uniform 1.0. So they they say, all right, that's fine. You can go shopping with, yeah, Jeff will go. And so Larry, it seems like, is in. Welcome to the team. Uh, At home, Larry is telling Cheryl that he's investing in this restaurant, kind of trying to convince her that it's going to be a good idea and a good money-making opportunity, but really he and I kind—I understand this especially if you've got the money to do it I think this is why a lot of people get into restaurants he wants to be the owner that hangs out at the restaurant and talks to all the tables
0: <laughs> even though Cheryl like puts it back on him she's like you hate talking to people
1: <laughs> yeah but he's like I, I hate talking to people I know I like talking to strangers <laughs> god I am the exact opposite by the way <laughs> yeah I, I think 90% of people who buy a restaurant I think at least have this on their list of reasons why, like it may not be the number one reason, but they're like, Oh yeah. I'll be the cool owner that hangs out and like, asks if everything's okay. And can comp tables and bring drinks and, and stuff like that. And, and just kind of like, you know, run, run the place and I'll be the jovial hangout owner. You know, you always see these people on kitchen nightmares too. Cause it, yeah. Oh, and, and bar rescue, any, any, any show where um, (laughs) the restaurant is doing poorly is the owner. Usually is Mr. Hangout guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it, it's usually Mr. <laughs> hangout Guy who the staff can't go to him at any time for anything important because he's hanging out.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it is a, it's a common character, and Larry, Larry wants to do that. Just another tick mark in Bobo's instant failure column. They're going to have the Hangout owner. Uh, and he, he gets to pick the uniforms. He already mentioned that he wants sweet potatoes on the menu because you can't get sweet potatoes anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved
0: the part where he's telling Cheryl... She's like, you know how you can't get sweet potatoes anywhere in L.A.? And Cheryl almost mockingly just goes back,
1: yeah, yeah, everyone
0: knows that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we find out Barb will have the frame ready next week, which is great. And Cheryl got a call from Larry's dentist, Dr. Blore, and he wants to have the Davids for dinner uh, on Saturday. And Larry's like, what? Cheryl's like, I thought this sounded like something you had already talked about. So I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, it's never been brought up that we're going to hang out socially. And he's like, I can't accept it because, you know, we'll go over there. Then we'll have we'll have to have him over here or do something nice to him or take him out. It's going to snowball. And he's like, I've got to find a new dentist. This dentist, um, he's like, it's already done. I can't go back to him anymore. I'm going to tell him I'm out of town or something like that. Over at Mike Caruso, as it so uh, helpfully says on the actual marquee, it was uh, the full title was mike caruso's classic casuals and it was at Ugh. 631 wilshire boulevard and i got to say yeah as as jeff and larry are here and even the shirt larry is wearing i'm like oh this is where like that like the end of the swing revival sort of bled into this like bowling shirt slash Gaia Barra obsession that <laughs> that like rich men's fashion had you know these shirts were big the, the shirt jeff is wearing is that sort of like mexican wedding shirt kind of thing With like the kind of interesting pleats and stuff. And then the one Larry's wearing is very much like all of the shirts that Charlie Sheen wore on two and a half men, (laughs) Uh, which was a huge, a huge reason. These were so uh, big. Um, And I got to bring up Steve Madden shoes too. Do you remember those like the bowling shoes that were like the fancy (laughs) loafer bowling shoes? Yeah. I had a pair (laughs) and I was like, I am the most fashionable man on my college campus right now. There is no doubt about it in my mind because I have a pair of these and I got them for like super cheap down in Florida. Um, at this shoe store, I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to buy these. These look awesome. And for sure, like in 2001 or two, whatever it was, they did. <laughs> and I stand by that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're obviously entering that phase of of rich men's fashion. It is in Santa Monica. It was open in 1944 at Fourth and Wilshire. And then they relocated sometime around ninety nine to 02. Uh, It was owned and operated by Mike Caruso, and then he handed it over to his son, Richard, who handed it over to his son, Jack, who closed it in 03. So Jack really screwed it up for everybody, did not want to go into the family business. Yeah. It is now at 631 Wilshire Boulevard. It is now Sidecar Donuts and Coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the way, in all of my Googling, there is a very important person in LA right now with the last name of Caruso and that is Rick Caruso who is not related to this Caruso family uh Rick Caruso is a running for mayor of LA right now as a this made kind of news maybe even you picked up on some of it because he was being endorsed by a ton of celebrities I think even like Kim Kardashian did a video like hey please go vote for Rick Caruso in the primary or whatever and people were (laughs) calling all the celebrities out because they were like this guy switched. He was a Republican until 2019. Yeah, and now he's running as a Democrat. And everyone was like, "Hey, hey, fuckers! <laughs> like, this isn't this guy's not cool." And like laying out all the bad shit he did when he was a Republican. They were like, mm-hmm. "Just because he's a Democrat now, so he he's a real estate businessman, not a uh, classic casual menswear magnate." And his dad was not Mike Caruso. His dad was Henry Caruso who was the founder of Dollar Rent-A-Car and lots of other dealerships in the L.A. area. So different Caruso family, yeah. You know,
0: I was thinking of this the other day, and this kind of comes into play with what you're talking about. You know how, like, it's a Republican talking point where, like, they call people uh, R-I-N-O's, Republican in name only, yeah. where they're like, Joe, he's actually progressive. I'm like, think of that from the other side, and it actually makes much more sense. All of these, like, old democrats are like oh no i'm democrat you you'll like me but they vote like like right on every single public policy issue democrat in name only spells out dinos because they're fucking dinosaurs and they don't know what people actually want
1: i know like rhinos are pretty awesome they're giant and powerful oh i love that horn yeah yeah i love Um, dinosaurs but yeah yeah, dinosaurs are yeah no no yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah and, and then, and even so, you could take it a step further and bring fossil fuels into it and dinosaurs, ah. you know. So people like, like someone like Manchin, <laughs> definitely a dino, you know. Um, yeah, it wor- It works a lot better because when you call an old person a dinosaur, it's much less badass than calling an old person a rhino. Oh, you're a rhino.
0: Uh, you're um, old, old, scaly,
1: and horny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does work does work better um so it's not
0: i i I promised that we weren't going to talk about vince mcmahon here
1: (laughs) oh he's setting up a 2024 run you just know it (laughs) you just know it can't wait uh that's going to be a great debate i'll watch that oh Um, god uh, before they eventually join uh, and you know who i'm talking about it will be trump mcmahon
0: 2024
1: oh no (laughs) yeah get your yard sign now oh no So Jeff and Larry are at Mike Caruso's Classic Casuals shopping for uniforms, and Larry wants all the waiters to dress like him. He's picking out, like, polos and the kind of (laughs) shirts that he wears. He even picks up a shirt that looks like – I like Larry's out-of-the-box thinking, though. I mean, the bell is a shitty idea, but it's the right way to think about, like, what can we do differently in a restaurant? You know, you mentioned, like, why have the same old dumb uniforms, you know? Larry's ideas are bad. But I think we're at the there's no bad idea stages. How can we take that idea and make it better? Because here he has another one where he picks up a shirt that looks like a tablecloth. And he's like, eh, the waiter's shirt looks like a tablecloth. And it's a tablecloth. <laughs> there's a tablecloth. Um, but Jeff says that is a bad idea. But again, I think we're at the brainstorming stage here. But Larry, while he's at Caruso's, wants to buy the other two shirts. He said they had two in stock. So they had three in stock and he bought one. He's going to buy the other two. He's going to give one to Ted and he's going to have one as an extra in case he gets this one stained. He'll have an extra one. And he sees a woman in a military style shirt that he is just absolutely loves. He points out the epaulettes. And here's another. I mean, it was probably around this time I realized I was morphing into George. I've agreed with Larry now. This is this is number three uh, where I'm like, Larry is right. Um, The military style shirt is cool. He points out the epaulettes. Look at the epaulettes. I love a shirt with epaulets, Ted. I probably have five. <laughs> oh, I God. love them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it just looks so cool. It makes your shoulders like it just gives you an air of authority. And I think it's like that. It adds a little uh, material to your shoulders. You know, it's like wow, the shoulders are big. And I don't know. I just I just love the way I look at them. It just frames my neck and head so well. Any shirt with epaulets, bring them back. Um, but Larry at this point gets recognized by Bert Bondi. And it's because they go to the same dentist, and he's like, "I'll tell him he said hi." And Larry's like, "Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. It's kind of a trite thing to do anyway." <laughs> Bert's going to see him at dinner tonight. I think is that yeah, but Larry said he was going out of town. I think that's what it was, mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or either that or the dinner was. I don't know if Bert's going over to his um, to have dinner there, but the dinner was supposed to be tonight, and Larry uh, already told him he was going out of town, and now he's been recognized by another guy. Back at Bobo's, which now that we're getting a wider shot, I can tell was at fifteen thirty-five Ocean Avenue, just right across, I mean, walking distance to the Santa Monica Pier. I mean, it's right across I mean, Ocean Avenue, it's not just a witty name. It's literally Ah, the last street before you hit Ocean.
0: I wonder if this is the place that Yellow Card was talking about in their hit song Ocean (laughs) Avenue.
1: I don't know. I remember looking that up recently, though. I think because of Curb and I found out that it it's actually They're talking about Ocean Boulevard in like New Jersey or something, but Ocean Mm. Boulevard didn't sound good in the song, so they changed it to Ocean Avenue, I think.
0: There's a place called Ocean Boulevard (laughs) where I used to sit and talk with something that it can't be you because it doesn't rhyme with Avenue. uh, Uh,
1: With uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, some kind of bard like people call. Mm. uh, Yeah, yeah, that works. William Shakespeare. We
0: we're we're getting this. Oh, we're getting not, somewhere.
1: Not Jersey, Jacksonville, Florida, and <laughs> oh, and I guess it was Ocean Avenue in Jacksonville, Florida. I thought I thought I remembered seeing that they had ch- needed to change the name, but nope. The lyrics also reference Cherry Street. Where There's a place on
0: the corner of Cherry Street. Yeah, we would walk on the beach in our bare feet.
1: And Ryan we Key, were, his childhood home, was located there in Neptune Beach. And yeah. Cherry Street, yeah.
0: And I, I think that is it for uh, locations in Ocean <laughs> Avenue. This has been No Hugging, No Learning.
1: (laughs) No Yellow, No Card. Our deep dive into the yellow card discography, song by song. (laughs) And of course, we had to start with Ocean Avenue. Um,
0: (laughs) I had to start right in the middle.
1: Yeah, why not? (laughs) And we'll start and end with Ocean Avenue. It is now Ivy at the Shore, which is related to the famous Ivy restaurant in West Hollywood, where I believe is the restaurant outside of which I saw Mark McGrath when sarah and i were in la coming mm. out of the ivy i believe yeah and everyone hates that's all i have by the way about this because it's a fake restaurant but <laughs> i think that's where <laughs> it is and what it is now uh, everyone hates larry's military shirt idea they, I, I like the references, too, that they come up with. One of the guys, I think it was the the manager from Gus's, says, it's going to look like we have sci- – people are going to think we have Scientologists as waiters. Yeah. Because it does look like they're, yeah, they're private police force, whatever that is, the Sea Org um, uniforms.
0: W- one of the guys says it, it looks like we have an uh, airline staff for, for for waiters. for Yeah, for wait we, staff. Serve,
1: we serve airline food. <laughs> yeah, I love both of those takes. Uh, and everyone loves – Jeff's idea which is a simple shirt and a navy vest a simple light blue shirt and a navy vest meanwhile Larry gives his uh shirt gift to Ted who notices oh there's a hole in the shoulder there and and Larry's like oh you know take it back I'm sure they'll exchange it by the way it didn't occur to me till later when he says it that Larry knew they had none of these shirts left so he was (laughs) like that was really an F you to Ted at this point like (laughs) um here's an instance that I do think Larry is wrong because Ted thinks it is Larry's responsibility to make the gift an actual gift. Right now, you just gave me an errand to run. Yeah. I, I I mean, Ted's example is a little extreme and, and not exactly the same thing, but it still fits. He's like, oh, I got you a gift. You got to go to Seattle to pick it up. You see how that works? Um, <laughs> and so Larry will not... Um, Larry does take it back, and Ted kind of like... He kind of refuses delivery. I, you know, like, if you got something... You know, in the mail or a car, for instance, that you didn't want to accept once you got back to the dealership. Like, Ted refuses delivery of the gift. Um, by the way, Larry not only knows that any trip to get this shirt exchange would be futile, um, he also gives him the wrong address. He says it's at Wilshire and 8th. Clearly, on the side of the building, we can see the address was 631. And in a grid city, that uh, business is going to be at Wilshire and 6th. <laughs> Not Wilshire in Eighth. Larry's giving him the wrong directions and sending him on a, a wild goose chase for a shirt that he knows does not exist. Um, yeah,
0: s- sending him to the wrong location for a place <laughs> for that a is thing. not going to yeah. have that shirt in stock.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, over at Ted Daughter's Jill's birthday party, Larry shows up wearing the shirt uh, and Cheryl and Jeff think it is to taunt Ted about not accepting the gift. Ted comes over and he takes Larry off of Lion and gives it to Jeff and says Jeff is the lion now and you could be the Tin Man but uh, and he, and Larry's like why are you uh, why are you taking me off the line he's like huh, no reason so again kind of a callback to the no reason thing uh, when there is definitely a reason in this case we know by the way uh, Larry refuses to be the Tin Man and as Ted walks away in front of Ted's daughter Jill he says what an asshole and Cheryl and Jeff kind of get upset with him for doing that but Larry's like what well, she's five come on. A little bit later, Cheryl and Jeff are in their Wizard of Oz costumes, and Larry turns around while he's talking to them, gets whacked by a pinata bat that Jill was swinging. His tooth is knocked out. He's got blood all over his shirt, and he needs an emergency Sunday dentist appointment with Dr. Bloor, and I love how he blurts out, Dr. Bloor. Bert Bondi, <laughs> I loved that uh, used as an exclamation. It's a, it's a great name, Bert Bondi. Over at Larry's dentist, which we can see is twenty five thirty Wilshire Boulevard. It is in twenty twenty. I'm sorry, in two thousand two, there was a Verizon store on the lower floor. In twenty twenty two, there's a Verizon store on the lower floor. Oh my! How about God. that? I know. Nice. It's been there for twenty years, almost untouched. It looks like. Still a Verizon store. No dentist inside, though. Some law offices uh, take up the upper levels, though. It seems like. And by the way, <laughs> Larry's the the tooth black. The whatever they put on Larry's oh teeth to God. make it look. It's. I mean, I, I
0: had a more convincing <laughs> missing tooth whenever I went as a pirate for Halloween when I was eight.
1: Yeah, you can see it pretty clearly. I, actually, I, I think
0: this was that same stuff. <laughs>
1: Probably exactly the same. Technology didn't need to be any better because everyone was still watching this on like maybe a, a plasma, maybe like a thirty-inch plasma if you could afford one in two thousand two. Um, but yeah, on on everyone else's tube TV. Well, Larry lost two front teeth, but no, now that we're watching in high def, uh, even upscaled, it's pretty clearly makeup. And he tells the doctor that he was out of town. Uh, That's why he couldn't come. He was at his cousin's pear farm in Sonoma. Uh, They had a lot of pears, so much that Larry got the runs. And uh, Larry also, they also went to the um, Bob Bartlett's cabin. And Bob Bartlett was the guy who created the Bartlett pear. And you know I had to do a dive on this almost immediately. The Bartlett pear is actually only called that in the United States and Canada. Everyone else calls it the Williams Pear, and mm. we call it the Bartlett Pear because somebody, J- James Carter, in 1799, imported several Williams trees into the U.S., planted on the grounds of Thomas Brewer in Roxbury, Massachusetts. A guy named Enoch Bartlett bought the estate, saw the pears, named them after himself because oh, why not? God. And then by the time the pears took off, and he started, like, selling them. Everyone was like, oh, these Bartlett pears are great. And then they he realized in 1828, almost 30 years later, they realized this was the exact same strain as the Williams pear. But by that time, the Bartlett <laughs> the pear was so popular in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Although Wikipedia does mention that there are about 150 other synonyms worldwide for the Bartlett pear. So I guess you can't fault us too much. But it is funny that, like, some you know rich ass guy in a white wig was like, "These pears <laughs> are growing on my property. I shall name my they they will be named after me." It's like, shouldn't you check? No, have a Bartlett pear.
0: Yeah. It's like what
1: what, <laughs> what Christopher Columbus bullshit is this? Totally, I discovered the Bartlett pear. <laughs> I claimed this pear for the Bartlets. No, like I don't know, no we've... one
0: else, no one else has ever seen a pear like this. Uh, <laughs>
1: mi- meanwhile, there's there's millions millions meanwhile, of people. There's a guy who could be like, you know, I brought these trees from somewhere. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. It
0: It is I. What, what, what was his name? Thomas Bartlett? Enoch.
1: E-N-O-C-H. Yeah. Enoch Bartlett. I discovered this pair. A great rich asshole name to to co-opt the Bartlett, the Williams pair, I mean, for his own. Enoch is a great name that has just fallen out of. We We could bring Enoch back despite the sins of Enoch Bartlett. Uh, I don't think he's sullied the good name too much. Um, I think it's the main character of Steve Buscemi in Boardwalk Empire, too. So not a good guy, but it's a good name, and it should come back, damn it. So then the doctor reveals that Bert Bondi was in this week, and in an ominous kind of voice says, I think we're ready, and lowers (laughs) lowers his mask as he begins work on uh, Larry. By the way, they do have an argument about whether it's a green or a brown pair. And it's definitely one of those greenish brown ones, but I I call it green. It, I it's certainly not a brown pair. So Larry was right about that, um, as far as as far as the doctor is concerned, because I think he was saying it was a brown pair. Back at home, Doctor Blore gave Larry these giant buck teeth as temporary replacements. <laughs> he thinks because Bert Bondi snitched on seeing him, and Larry, uh, Cheryl just finds humor in every element of this and, and points out to Larry, you know, if you'd only been the tin man, all of this would have been avoided. And that only makes Larry think that Jill did it on purpose and hit him in the face because he wouldn't be the tin man. Uh, Or maybe because as Cheryl says, maybe you shouldn't have called her dad an asshole in front of her. And uh, Cheryl just like cracks up at Larry, the doorbell rings. Cheryl thinks it's Barb with the frame, but it's actually Ted who has come to apologize. And Larry starts in by railing against the pinata um, which by the way, I, I think I, I don't know how many parties I went to as a kid that had a pinata, but I could probably count them on one hand, but they are mm-hmm. back in a big way. Like Declan and Colleen have been to a ton of birthday parties that have pinatas. Like they are a thing again at kid kids. Oh yeah. That's parties. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Larry rails against them. He's like, it's a bat and you're hitting it. And then the kids rush in to get the candy and they're fighting over the candy. It's just a bad idea. Um, and Larry, uh, Ted does point out that Jill didn't mean to do it, although you did call me an asshole in front of her. And Larry is surprised, as I was, having a five-year-old, that a five-year-old could spell asshole. I don't know if that means Declan is way behind uh, and you know not ready for kindergarten, but I am, I'm 100% certain if I gave him those letters, he would not remember them a second later and also not <laughs> be able to sound them out, what they sound like, in his head, in a matter of seconds, as Jill did. But maybe Jill is some sort of savant that I don't, you know, some sort of five-year-old spelling savant, but Ted's like, you know what? I I guess I do want that shirt now. You know, he he, he I guess this is like a goodwill gesture from Ted to kind of like accept Larry's gift, but Larry now in his mind he's got he's ruined one shirt, so good thing he has the extra, and he wants to keep the one he was going to give to Ted as a second extra, and so he says that, you know, the he doesn't have him anymore. Cheryl comes into the room and completely blows up Larry's spot. Mentioning that, hey, you just told me you had two more, so why don't you give Ted the extra one? And (laughs) then Ted finds out that Larry was lying about just wanting to keep the extra shirt. So Larry goes up to get the shirt. He brings it down, throws it on a, a couch outside of the little office where Cheryl has been watching Wizard of Oz, and it's the Somewhere Over the Rainbow part. And Barb shows up with the frame and comes into the back office where... She sees Wizard of Oz and begins crying immediately because that was our movie it was her movie with Chet then she sees Chets Larry wearing Chet's shirt and it's the new one so Larry has changed into his extra one and is giving the second extra one to Ted Barbara starts crying goes over to Larry and just throws herself oh onto my him God and leaves a giant makeup stain on the shirt Ted how many as a as a fellow guy uh, attached guy? married guy at this point but it happened way before that how many shirts do you have stained with mascara like on the shoulder or something like that because i have Um, i think i have quite a few mostly they're uh night shirts because that's when like you know the like they're lounge shirts that i wear around mm -hmm. the house but it it happened a ton i i've got a few
0: mostly um less so mascara more like foundation and glitter Uh, does that make uh, sense
1: yeah totally yeah yeah it seemed to be the mascara that always just stained, though, and I'd have, like, a black mark on my shoulder <laughs> for the end of time. I'm like, damn it! How come that doesn't come out in the wash? So Larry and Ted both get a bead on the last remaining shirt in the entire city of Los Angeles and run over to the couch and begin fighting over it. They rip it in half, and Ted is walking home, and he takes his half of the ripped-up shirt And throws it in the garbage can of the guy from the beginning who said he was going to kick the ass of the next person that did that. That guy yells, hey, asshole. And Ted begins running away as Frolic starts playing. And that's the episode. (laughs) Uh, All right. What do we got for homework this week? Oh, was that a pear that Larry was eating at the beginning of the episode? Perhaps a Bartlett pear. (laughs) we will is that find it? out is that the only yeah, thing that's it that is it we don't need to look up Michael York we don't need to look up Ocean <laughs> Avenue we don't need to look up uh, anything alright uh, what do you like for cover art this week hmm I don't know what do you think I mean something with Larry in the shirt but he like wears it the whole episode so yeah I, um,
0: I, I was gonna say the art that is on HBO Max for this photo doesn't show up in the episode at all
1: how weird is that where did that come from
0: i'm guessing it was just like (laughs) i don't know just a crew photo or something yeah
1: behind the scenes shot yeah because it's larry in chet's shirt cheryl as dorothy jeff as the lion and ted i guess as the scarecrow right and there and jill is standing there with them in front of like some bushes or something and that never happened to the episode yeah (laughs) weird very weird (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so what does happen i mean there might be something with everybody sitting at the table at the restaurant that might be a good shot larry in the dentist chair larry with buck teeth is funny i thought that was pretty funny uh,
0: la- larry with with uh with buck teeth is funny honestly larry <laughs> like just after getting his teeth knocked out by jill's baseball oh, bat yeah. is pretty funny
1: yeah 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 uh,
0: and just like uh just w- with a bloody shirt yeah
1: yeah that was pretty good
0: all right, I'll I'll see what I can do with uh with one of those. Right on. But let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had in the season three premiere, Larry and Jeff invest in a restaurant with Ted Danson.
1: Hmm. Period. I think we can make it better. I think we can encapsulate more just by, um, what about Larry? Uh, see what you think of this. Larry takes interest in. Wait, oh, I just had it, and then Larry takes interest in a dead guy's shirt. And investing in a restaurant, how's that? Something like that. Larry, Larry finds Larry. Larry has a new favorite shirt and an investment opportunity. <laughs> um, I don't hate that, but it is funny to like. It sounds like they're one in the same. Like, what a new favorite shirt and it's an investment opportunity. <laughs> Why is the shirt an investment opportunity? Um, Larry invests in a restaurant. And a new shirt. <laughs> oh my I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Larry invests in a restaurant and new shirts. I like that a lot. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> God. I, I, I'm honestly proud of myself, if you can't tell. Because <laughs> he did invest in them. An investment is something that you hope will pay off later, and that's buying three of the same shirt. Yeah, it is. So it's
0: it's buying three of the same shirt because, you know, you're going to ruin one of them.
1: This is my best work yet. I mean, we are hanging it up and we're becoming an Ocean Avenue podcast after this because (laughs) it's not going to get any better. (laughs) Uh, All right. Tim, did you like this episode? I started. I mean, what a great start to the season. If if all the rest of the episode, because this is. In my mind, like the, the the classic formula for a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, it starts and ends in the exact same location and a joke that happened 30 minutes ago pays off when the next guy that throws something in there happens to actually be someone Larry could have warned about throwing stuff out in that guy's trash can and is the next guy. And just all of the storylines pay off in just such a great way. I was very satisfied by it. And when I'm when there's not a when there's a bad episode, it's because a storyline's not wrapped up in a satisfying way. But everything here was like neat and tidy. And not only that, I think set us up for a season-long arc, which uh, is, is going to be like great.
0: A, like a Larry and Ted rivalry?
1: Yeah, that. but I think the restaurant. I think the restaurant's going to be the main. I think mm, I think okay. 1 to 10, if I remember correctly, I think this is where we spend a lot of our time now. And Larry, okay. Larry and his ideas for what the restaurant okay. should have or be. Yeah.
0: All right, yeah. I uh, I took a, a bit of a page out of your book, and I gave it one of uh, Tim Murphy's famous Ooh. Star Lows. Star Low, yeah, because I I really wasn't feeling it. Like all the way up through, I don't know, like halfway through the yeah. episode, I'm like, it's I don't know, it it's humorous. I'm not really <laughs> loving anything in this. And then once I could like start feeling like it coming to a close, we're getting like ten minutes left in the episode, everything's just like hitting a little harder, uh, punchlines are coming a little quicker. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is this is pick it up. So I, I, I did like it, but I, I can't quite give it a full
1: star. Yeah. Everything was paying off. I mean, that's what it was. Exactly. Everything from the first half was paying off in the second half. So, you know, the setup is never usually that that great. But the the punchline that you don't see coming, you know, that was that's what that's the way the episode was set up and it was great yeah so a star low if i mean this this didn't get a this got a full star for me but if it gets replaced i'll be very happy because that means we got a great season on our hands Mm -hmm. that's
0: uh that's for sure all right so next week we have got season three episode two the benadryl brownie original air date september 22nd 2002 and if you are looking in tv Guide that night you are gonna see larry finally enters the world of cell phones but poor reception leads to a big-time mix-up.
1: Oh, boy. I think we're going to have some outdated tech on this one.
0: I, oh, I just, God.
1: <laughs> when I saw the, the synopsis for this, I, I just laughed out loud that, like, Larry enters the world of cell phones. <laughs> like Larry gets a, What if Larry gets cell phone is, like, just such a funny, you know, pitch for an episode now that we're going to get to see it, and it's going to be great because we're going to get to see what cell phones were like 20 years ago. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy.
0: I'm Ted Haldwell. Be good.